Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 239. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett jumps into Apple Arcade. That's right. He's paying $5 a month to play a handful of games. And he's actually kind of happy. What games did he play? You'll find out here. And I jump into Ghost Recon Breakpoint, the beta, and talk about the core mechanics that we'll see in the main game. And the gaming news... PlayStation finally came out with a state of play, and we get a release date for Last of Us 2. <laughs> Apex Legends is getting a new map, and uh, 2K Games is messing up again. Um, they're harassing more people, so find out who they are harassing in the news section. And for our top discussion topic, we talk about pre-orders. Should you be pre-ordering games? Yes, no, maybe. I don't know, there's mixed opinions, but we talk about it here in the discussion topic. And cue that music. Welcome to the October 1st, 2019. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast and welcome to October. If you enjoy our content, you can show your support by donating to help us grow our amazing community. For as little as $5, you can help grow the Inner Gamer so we can keep bringing you bigger and better content each and every week. Visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute. And today, we're doing a slightly different discussion on games because I didn't play one game. I didn't play two games. I've played four games. Oh my gosh. In one sitting, not really at one sitting, in a duration of sittings throughout the week. But there's this new thing that came out with the release of iOS 13, if you're an iPhone user, and it's called Apple Arcade. And we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast um, in previous times, but basically, Apple is all about subscriptions these days. They want to get everybody in subscriptions because that's like a good baseline for their revenue stream. So they have Apple Music. They have uh, they have iCloud subscriptions. You can get your like storage and shit like that. And then they have now Apple Arcade. They have Apple News Plus, which basically gives you unlimited access to magazine subscriptions. Um, and then they're launching Apple TV Plus, which is curated TV that's going to come out this fall. So Apple Arcade is here. It's $4.99 a month. It's one subscription. All you can play, up to six family members can run off of it. You can play it on your iPhone, iPad, Mac, and Apple TV. So, yes, it does play on the Apple TV. I just haven't done that yet. I got you. Um, no ads, no additional purchases, no microtransactions, no bullshit. It's private. You can play it online or offline, all that stuff, all for $4.99, and there's access to hundreds of games. So when I first heard about this, I was like, okay, eh. It depends on the game library. It depends on a lot of factors. Are the games going to be a bunch of like bullshit games and stuff like that? Um, I can now say that so far, this is a really, really solid lineup of stuff. Like this is the cream of the crop mobile gaming like across the board. Like the best mobile games I've ever played so far likely have come out of Apple Arcade, which is pretty crazy. Like nice. this is like Monument Valley level shit and more. And it is awesome. So there's there's well over hundred games already available. Uh, I played through four of them. Where Cards Fall, What the Golf, Mini Motorways, and Overland. And all of these are different experiences, different vibes, 
kind of similar art style. A lot of these people are doing these very minimalistic kind of art style approaches where it's just like solid colors to form different color shades to form dimension and shadow and stuff as opposed to like real intense 3D graphics and stuff like that. But they all look really good and they're all a lot of fun. Um, so, for example, Where Cards Fall is a puzzle game where you play this little character. It's made by Snowman and the Game Band. And it's a narrative puzzle that's also a compelling coming-of-age story. It's about a hero who navigates the insecurities and emotions of high school and beyond, creating pathways and overcoming obstacles. So you open into this, and you have your little character who has a little vignette, like a little very isolated story where they're doing something, and the voices are all like gibberish. And you see this character interacting with something related to their high school like maybe they're at an arcade or maybe they're in class or maybe they're at home like hanging out with their sister or whatever and like these little vignettes of what's happening and then they move into this next area which is now a puzzle world where you have to get your character up to this card that's on some platform somewhere in the game and the way you do that is you move around the world and there's these little decks of cards on the ground. And when you pinch and swipe your finger outward, it expands that card into like a f uh, two by two block, a three by three block, or a four by four block, and then pops up and creates a building out of those cards. And then you position those to get to higher tier levels. And then sometimes you get multiple sets of cards. You can then stack on each other or reposition different areas to get yourself to the next part of the level. And that's basically the mechanic all throughout the game. And it's genius. It's really, really good and really fun and very simple. And just it's an easy, fun game. I jump in there, play a couple levels and then move on to the next one and had a blast. It's it's so clever and well designed. And like you open the game, you click start. There's no buy me now. There's no click here to upgrade your shit. There's not even any instructions. You just jump in, and you start playing, and you figure it out. And um, it's really good. I was very impressed. Yeah, I, I jumped into Overland. Yeah. And um, I've been waiting for that game to come out. Yeah. Now, I didn't know what I was doing because obviously it doesn't tell you anything. Dude, yeah, it's confusing. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I need to buy this on the PC to play it or something. Hopefully it's coming to the Switch at some point, which I'm sure it is because it's a perfect game for the Switch. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a crap ton of games in there. I don't know how many they have. They have over, what do you think, 50? Over 100. Over 100 games that you can yeah. just jump in. I think there's something for everybody. Um and Man, I think it's twenty five dollars on Steam for Overland. Yeah. Definitely worth buying it on uh, freaking yeah, right. Apple Arcade. Yeah, for five bucks a month. Yeah, I mean, you could probably beat this game in a month, and then if you if there's a game you want, you can technically buy it for five bucks, and then cancel your subscription. So after a month, like you're just done with it. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no locked contracts or anything like you yeah. start and stop it whenever you want. Um, they give you a trial period of how long? Do you know? A month. A month. Okay. Yeah, perfect. And then I think if you have another subscription for another service, I forget which one, like you get it for a longer period of time for free. But there's definitely a, you know, you get it, you can get it longer for a certain thing. But yeah, I mean, otherwise it's five bucks, like $5 times 12. That's like what? 50, $60 ish. Did I do my math right? Five times 12. Yes. Yeah, $60. So 60 bucks. Now I was trying to do math and figure out, is this worth it for a game company? I'm curious, longevity. Because these games are inside here. Are they going to be in here for a little bit and then they're going to pull them out and then sell them outright? Is that how it's going to work? Because I feel like it's not sustainable 
for companies to make money off of this long term. Yeah, I don't understand these kind of things like that. Like, because, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, like, say you have somebody paying $60, and then say you have, I don't know, 500,000 users, right? That's right. $30 million a year you're getting off of 500,000 users. But if you have 100 games in your library, so say there's just 100, divide by 100, that's $300,000 per game a year that they get. But probably uh, Apple's taking a chunk of that because that's what they do. So say they're taking a modest chunk of you know, 20%. Normally, I think their library takes 30%. So let's say they're taking 20%. That's $60,000 taken out. So the developer would get two hundred forty grand for a year, which isn't bad, but that's before taxes, before all that stuff. So it's not a huge, huge sum of money for like what could be a 10-person development team. So I'm curious what they're going to do. Um, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I just saw your note and hear about yes. cutting, so that's funny. Okay. Um, yeah, so that'll that'll be an interesting thing. But anyway, other games I want to talk about real quick. All right. All what, right. What the Golf. What the Golf. That's a game that we saw at South by Southwest. Um, it's really, really cool. It is a game in which you are golfing. But instead of golfing with golf balls, you're golfing with like all kinds of objects and physics and stuff like that. So one mission, you are golfing with a golf ball. Another mission, you're actually golfing with the golf club itself, trying to hit it to the hole. Another mission, you're trying to get a dog into the hole. Another mission, you're trying to get a couch through the hole. And then all these crazy things. And then there's some missions where it's like you start playing, you're playing on a vertical screen, and then it like all of a sudden like makes you switch to the side and you have to hold it landscape and then play it that way. And then you have like a sticky ball at some point that like sticks to wall. So it has a different sense of like hitting over the ledge or whatever. And there's a shit ton of missions in this thing. There's, I mean, I've probably played three hours of it and I've gone like 15% through maybe. And after you finish each course, there is a par course. So you have to get par on it. Mm -hmm. And then there's a crown course where you have another twist on that same course that maybe you have to kick all the cats off the map instead of hit into the hole. And that gets you, once you do that, then you get a crown. And if you get enough of those crowns in this area, it unlocks a special ability to where you like completely clear that section and then it gives you a little trinket inside this like world map thing or whatever and uh it's good it's really good awesome, i've been man. addicted to it okay well i need to play it then <laughs> yeah and then also mini motorways okay that's a good game too all right because that game you're creating bridges and roads between <clears throat> stores oh, okay. and houses interesting so you have a store and then you have a single house, and you got to connect the road between the two. And you have only a certain number of roads per day. So you have to place those accordingly to connect them together. And then another house will pop up. And then that house has to connect to the road to then get to the store of the same color. And then another color will come up. And then you have to connect those roads to those stores, to the houses, <laughs> and not over intersect with the other roads that you had placed. Oh, okay. A little puzzle game. Yeah. And then traffic builds up because you have too many houses going into one road. So uh, then you have to play stoplights or add more roads, but you also have limited roads. But then there's water. So you got to build around the water or eventually you unlock bridges, but you only get one bridge. So one road has to go over the water on the bridge. The other one has to go around it. 
and hope you have enough rows before the day ends to get those things connected. Because if you have so many people at a store packed in after a certain amount of time, it'll count down a timer. And then if the timer runs out, then you lose the game. You have to start from zero again. Oh, wow. So it's like progressive kind of nature. You just keep okay. on going until you can't go any further and you die. And you die. it's a very, very, it's a beautiful game. It's like white, like creamy, cream colored background. These single colors, it's all flat design. Roads connect. It's very easy to like just connect the roads. There's like a build mode and then there's like a view mode of like scrolling okay. around the, yeah. the little game world. It's very small and very focused and just well, that seems cool it's awesome super cool well, i'm doing at work tomorrow yeah yeah <laughs> so i highly recommend everybody go and if you have an iphone just get your one month trial for apple arcade download where cards fall what the golf mini motorways overland there's a frogger game there's a rayman game that came out there's a game from annapurna that's supposed to be really good um just a ton of stuff and very nice i am very very happy about it very cool man and uh Google went and announced the same day that this came out that they're launching a $5 per month play pass for Android users, which is very similar, but not curated. Uh, uh, but they have 350 games in their library yeah. without ads or in-app purchases. Yeah. And uh, they're looking at all that stuff. But the difference is definitely that there's not a curation. Apple Arcade is like exclusive games that are only going to be on Apple Arcade available stuff yeah whereas i mean they're available only on mobile through apple arcade right. as opposed to like the regular store right um i think that's the way to do it and in google play pass it's just like well-known apps that already are out and they're just throwing it into this subscription service so yeah yep. basically if you have an android you can still get a subscription service and just pay five dollars a month and play a bunch of games there too eh. so eh. Yeah. sorry android users eh. Yeah, I like I like Apple Arcade where it's very highly curated and like yes. nice looking games. Like it's the best of the best. Yeah. No bullshit in there. Exactly. All the reviews are really solid on all these games already. Like people are like, this is the best game I've ever played. And that's <laughs> hey, pretty impressive. That so, is that's good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um anyway, so I'm gonna stop talking. Awesome. Austin, what have you been playing? Well, it's about damn time, Brad. I've been trying to get to this thing. I'm just busting at the seams talking. All right, and we're done. All right. Thank you guys nah, for tuning in. Right. Just kidding. Screw me. No, I, so I jumped into the Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and this is a game that we got pretty pumped for during E3, and we're, I, I would say we're pretty highly anticipating it. Is this a public beta, right? It's public beta. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone could jump into it, and by the time you hear this, I'm sorry. It's over. Yeah. There's no NDA because I heard people already made videos about this. I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I'm going to jump yeah, into it's this. It's public beta. It's yeah. Fine. I mean, it's coming out this Friday, so if you're looking forward to it, I hope you didn't pre-order it yet because I'm about to tear it apart. Um, so let me start off like how it started. You start off in a helicopter, right? And like they do a little like text thing like, hey, this this is what has happened and this is why you're here. A ship was sh shot down and you lost communications with some, some of your people that you're in the army with and you went to go investigate. And so you make your character and the character's mostly customizable they look pretty good and then like you're flying at night in the helicopter with a few other helicopter and they all get shot down and it's pretty cinematic like i, I actually enjoyed the cutscene. sounds like far cry yeah opening yeah. sequence right and so you end up like on the ground and you're injured so they they show you how to heal yourself really quick and you know it's all dark and very epic and cinematic the way they have everything laid out uh your first 
The first thing is you have to be stealthy while some guards are nearby, and so you have to get past them. And then you're supposed to go find this other helicopter that got shot down. And when you get there, John Bernthal comes in and is like, uh, I'm a ghost too. And shoots one of the guys. Um, I didn't realize how funny that was in the trailer. Me and Travis were talking about it. He was like, wait, is Breakpoint that game where they're like, I'm a ghost too. I was like, yeah, that's the one, man. It's funny. <laughs> so you, you get to know his character and then like right off the bat, he's the bad guy, obviously. And then you have to go Then somehow you, your mission is to go to this location in a cave with the waterfall and you find a bunch of people who are like hiding out, trying to survive this ins, ins, insurgency of John Berthal's people. And it's just like, they let you in and they're like, all right, just watch that gun, okay? I'm like, wait a second. How do we know you? And why did you just let us in when you're already afraid of people? Like, what the fuck? There's no form of like, yeah, I'm with the U.S. military. Or planes got crashed down. and Or maybe it did. I don't remember it happening. And then you just walk on in. And then you start talking to people. And you befriend these people. And they're like, all right, we're going to give you missions. You got to help us out. We're like, okay. Here we go. Rambo over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... That's how you get to the hub world. And then obviously they have gear and stuff like that. You can buy and get missions from people and side missions and stuff like that. So right off the bat, uh, after all that, the world is flipping fantastic. This is the best world created by Ubisoft ever. Like it is pristine across the board. Everywhere you go, there's so much less vegetation. The graphics are like the best graphics like the way that they have the lighting and the yeah. ambient inclusion and all the stuff. And there's fog, there's night and day, there's weather effects and stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is a world that I want to jump into. So needless to say, early on, I was pumped. I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. So, you know, I go and do a few missions. I kill some people and um, they drop gear in this Galactic Division. So they have a gear score that you have. So you're able to you know, change out gear. Some of the guns are the same. They just have better stats. And, you know, they have the green, the blue, the purples. I don't know if they have purple. I'm sure they have at least uh, uh, orange or yellow for, like, yeah. super rare. And, um, yeah, you just, like, increase your gear store, score. You get better stuff. You get uh, different pants and looks and stuff like that. And the cool thing is, is you can go into the menu systems and say you get better boots, but you don't like the way they look. Well, every time you get new gear, you can just make your uh, another piece of gear look like that old piece of gear so you can highly customize how you look what you're wearing and the colors that go along with that that's so i was like dude this is fucking awesome and the menus brett you love the menus it's clean it is nice it's easy to look at and move around in it's not too complicated and i'm like yes i'm loving this right now um so Except as you, not. <laughs> well, <laughs> as you progress deeper into the story, uh, I'll continue on the stuff I do like. Um, you get to the set, you get like one flashback mission of like where you met John Bernthal's character, and then you go to a second one where you really get to know his character. And so the main mission is kind of like figuring out how this guy has gotten to this point. You know, uh, a bit kind of like falling from grace type thing. Like you were so like good. Yeah. Well, in the mission, I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. Uh, I think it's important, and it's definitely worth checking out if you're gonna play the beta. Well, it'll be over by then, but um, definitely checking out on the internet if you haven't already. But yeah, you are with this guy, 
And he's like, uh, you know, a senator's son or something like that. Someone who has power in the government. And he's like threatening John Bernthal because that guy accidentally shot somebody and he's trying to cover it up and make it seem like that woman that he shot was trying to kill him. And John Berthold's like, nah, I'm, I'm not having this shit. Like, you know? nah, fool. Yeah, you're doing something crazy. He's like, well, I'm going to tell my dad about you. And so he's like, well, fine, you tell your dad so about scared. me. Yeah. So John Berthold walks away, and this guy is like, well, I'm not going to let you tell my dad anything. So he goes to ki- shoot John Berthold's character, and your character who was there stops that other guy. And so this is really intense moment of John just like, what am I doing? Like, I'm he's pissed off and you see that first glimpse of him being like I'm not taking this shit anymore because we have you know like pansy pansy guys like this in the military mm-hmm. who are going to get someone killed and get us in trouble so he actually shoots the guy in the face and I'm like oh dang so he's just he's just not having it with the US government it seems like so obviously that's like the first clue of like how he's going to you know become this character that he is so the story I'm actually intrigued by, but I didn't come to this game about the story. Travis is really pissed off. He's like, damn, this story could be so much better, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, man, it's an Ubisoft game. The stories like are not that great. Yeah. But they actually did a good do- job with John's character, so right. I'm really impressed with that. Now, as I progress in the story, um, you only have five missions to play through, and I got through two, three. I got through three of them. Um, <clears throat> come to find out, what I was thinking, and I'm sure you were too, it was going to be heavy on survival, it was going to be heavy on stealth, and the enemies were going to be really hard because the way they portrayed that in some of the gameplay leading up to this made it seem like you really had to be on your toes and plan out how you're going to uh, move on certain locations because these people were going to be you know, just as deadly as you are. And that might be the case later in the game, but early on, we, I was like, well, do I need to be stealthy? And you know, it turns out you don't have to be stealthy. And I think that's a huge detriment to this game and what people expect. Because like, me and Travis went in there and we just, we blew people away. Yeah, like the whole facility knew we were there, but it was really easy to pick them off one by one. And then what really pissed me off was that there were, the, there, there were these heavy units that were fully decked out in armor and they're like six feet tall with giant um, machine guns or uh, chain guns with a backpack of bullets and have a helmet on their head that's like, you know, a heavy helmet. So it's like, oh, man, these guys are going to be tough. We're going to have a hard time. Nope. One shot in the head, knock off the helmet, another shot in the head, and they're dead. All right. So what is the gear score for if it's not to progress with uh, harder and harder units? And I was like, this is... ah." They've ruined it for me. It's like they have this aspect of Division and Destiny where it's like you get better gear because the enemies are getting harder and harder. But no, you can just go in, snipe everybody before you even get in there, which can be fun. And it means nothing. So when I go in there and I alert these units, I think once they called for backup out of the like 20 encounters I encountered. And it's like, well, that's not fun at all. Like that's just the gameplay is not as great. Like they have all these systems in place that were set up to be a great game. They just, didn't pull through and i really like their um their loadout for the uh the skill tree so you start off with like four different um archetypes so like they have the field medic they have the assault they have i forgot what the other one was and then they have the sharpshooter and all those like you open those with skill points you get over time and that unlocks the first little bubble it has four skills and they call it the basic skills and after you unlock 
that and get one of those, it starts to pan out with different skills tied to different things. So I was like, this is awesome because you can literally have different uh, loadouts for different aspects of like what needs to be filled, you know, and they have a passive abilities that I was really focusing on. So you can get like better, like more XP for killing people or you can get, um, uh, you can like climb up uh, hills faster or have uh, more stamina. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm ready for this. Like every encounter is going to require something different. So, you know, when I get my friends in here, we can kind of figure out like what we need, what our challenges are and like go from there and like make a plan. Like you can't just go in there and like blow people's heads off. No, you can, you can. So it's like, there's no reason to deal with any of this besides get an XP boost. And so, and you would think that, you know, they said they have the uh, bivouac, which are like these camps that you go and can plan ahead of time. And, you decide, like, change the time of day in order to uh, plan your encounters out. So like, maybe it's better to go at night than it is to go during the day, you know? Yeah. So you can get night vision, too, or, and heat vision. And I was like, oh, fuck, or thermal vision. I was like, this is awesome. Like, the, the it's a robust system of attacking your enemies. But it means nothing because you can just steamroll them every time. <laughs> so well, that sucks. My impression is, I know you're going to say it's a beta. It could be better, you know... Once the actual game releases, no, these are like core systems that they are toting out to be like the best of the best. It's a beta, it's a marketing beta, that's what it is. And I just, I, I will not buy this game. I will not. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Save your money, guys. Some people might enjoy it because, you know, they have a, a, a loot system here, but I just think the core systems of what Ghost Recon's supposed to be is not there. Yeah. It needs to be where you can get killed in like a few shots, right? Because that makes it like worth planning out your thing, your attacks, because you have drones and stuff. Like one person's a sharpshooter, they get a good position, they can like overwatch the field. You have one guy with a drone, can kind of look at a different angle just in case. And then like two guys go in or three guys go in and, you know, you have to plan out getting someone out or, you know, getting intel. And then if you alert somebody, you should have obviously the whole facility coming at you along with like, hey, backup's coming now. So yeah. not only was it hard before, now it's going to be even twice as hard. You have a man go down, someone has to carry him out, someone has to be you know, watching them and giving them backup to make sure everyone gets out in time, and then they're supposed to chase you with vehicles, and it's like, that is not, that is not what happened. That is not what happened at Sounds all. Sounds like a repeat of Wildlands. When that <sighs> I mean, it's typical Ubisoft. They have great worlds, like we've said in the past, but overall, they just cannot execute a game now forget about the story because they just want to they cannot make a good story but they just they skipped the bar man or they missed the bar they missed it they missed it mm -hmm. it sucks i guess i'm not surprised because it is another triple a title just trying to get another game out there so i'm sure it's going to get really popular and people are going to play that i'm sure they are i already saw people who are like i'm really pumped for this game i'm really excited to talk about this we all because it's so good i was like it's not guys yeah, it's not. I wish I had jumped in and played it because I was curious to know. It was like, I'm just in it for like fun gameplay with my friends. And that'd be cool if it has that. But it sounds like it might not have that. So that's a bummer. That's it, everybody. That's going to wrap it up for the games we played this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, like uh, join Austin and Ghost Recon Breakpoint when it comes out this Friday, you can join us our, <laughs> you can join us our Discord mm. channel. Check out the link in the show notes. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our video game news. 
Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con like DreamHack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes of parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for our video game news. In this segment, we all share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. And Austin, we have a lot to talk about. Holy. So it went much from happened like, last week. There was two major things we had to talk about to three to eight. And I don't know how many we have on here, but it's a I lot. don't know either. I don't know. I even cut stuff out. Like today, <laughs> today at Xbox happened last week, and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> Sorry, Xbox people. <laughs> but uh, but we got some things to talk about. First thing we're gonna jump into is probably one of the biggest uh, announcements that we have from the events of last week, and that is uh, State of Play happened last week. You know, we talked about it was coming the day that the podcast came out. Well, it did come, and it happened, and it was pretty good overall there wasn't anything crazy in it other than one thing in particular which as we expected they dropped the last of us 2 uh release date and as predicted i said february 28th 2020 and it's february 21st of 2020 so we're pretty close pretty close we get it sooner but that's that's a good timeline because it's before cd project red yes so they don't have to worry about that yes and uh, it's early, so you can jump into it. And it's it's gonna be a rough game of the year. Like I, this year's Goaty, I feel like isn't gonna be too dip. Well, actually, I don't know what I'm gonna choose. Probably Borderlands Three, honestly. But then, uh, uh, but I don't I don't know what this this uh, this C- next year is gonna be. You know, like come here. There's so many things we go, could pick. Here. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. But anyway, uh, so Last of Us Two, they yes. had a new trailer. Did you watch the trailer? I did. No, it's awesome. I was, was like, good. is Joel dead? Joel's dead. I mean, they pretty much told you what the story's about, which is great, but I didn't expect them to tell us that much. Yeah, no, I was actually pretty <clears throat> surprised. Um, and I don't know much about the story, obviously, because I don't play the first one, but I have it, so I'm going to play it. But I don't think you need to know much about it. Well, I'm well, sure it's going to be play it just because it. I've yeah. heard it so good. And actually, I want to go buy it again. Well, you don't have to. It's, uh, it's for free this month oh, on the uh, PlayStation shit. Store. Shit! In case you didn't know, that's coming later on. Spoiler alert. Yes, it is uh, on PS4 this month for the month of October. The Last of Us Remastered is free to download for everyone. So jump on that shit and get ready for the last. That's actually really smart of them. Just be like, hey, if you didn't play it, here's a little freebie. Dangle you along. I mean, it's not worth that much at this point. It was like super early PlayStation 4 release, so. Yeah, so it's pretty cool though that they uh, they did that at, oh, yeah. right after announcing uh, this. Yeah. So, yeah, keep the hype train rolling. All right, but uh, yeah. So beyond that, we had um, obviously right? the trailer came out. We had information on um, well, they announced PS Plus lineup. So that and then MLB nineteen is going to be available. They are releasing a Death Stranding limited edition PlayStation Four Pro. That, that looks weird and interesting, but kind of cool. 
Yeah, Hideo Kojima designed it himself. Uh, he threw some paint on its wall. They took it off and put it over the Xbox. No, I'm kidding. I mean, not the Xbox. PlayStation. <laughs> I almost believe you for a second. I was like, <laughs> no, that, he no. would do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Civilization Six is coming to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, which is interesting. And then uh, Medieval has a PS4 demo out now that you can jump into. Um, they announced some new stuff for PSVR, which I'm not going to go through. But I do want to mention that there is a L.A. Noir VR game that is now out called VR Case Files. And that's pretty cool. What? And I just don't understand how they're making these old games in the VR stuff. Like, why? Why? Yeah. And there's a game that they reveal called Humanity, which is weird. But it puts you in control of a bunch of people trying to overcome obstacles and rival clusters of people. So it's like basically a really wild physics game. And uh, one group was facing off against another while wielding lightsabers. And then they just do a bunch of like physics-y situations <coughs> with mobs of people. So think like the mobs of zombies in uh, World War Z, but as a puzzle. And how do you work with them and stuff is weird. But the other big thing, Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign trailer, that dropped. We saw Captain Price. He's in there. Yeah. Cool. Pretty sweet. They have a great actor. Great actor. Yeah. Um, I'm excited like, about it. I am I too, think man. Be they, pretty cool. I think this one will be more cinematic than all the rest. Yeah. But we'll see. It's looking uh, looking pretty solid. There's some interesting dynamics between that woman who looks like she works for like the uh, the um, wherever this location is set at works for their army. And then so she's a part of it working with the American military. And there's this like whole dynamic of like different countries forming together to fight one common enemy. And um, that seemed pretty awesome. Right. Um, what wasn't awesome is that they did announce that there is a survival mode that is on Call of Duty Modern Warfare that's going to be exclusive to PlayStation 4 for a year, which is kind yeah. of an odd thing to just go in there and say, hey, y'all, um, here's a mode. If you buy it on PS4, you're going to get this mode, but everybody else has to wait a whole year to play it. And everyone's upset because basically Call of Duty is a yearly release, so by the time the mode becomes available, it's technically, its life is done, and they're on to the next one. So it's yeah. like, no one's going to play it. No one else is going to play it. And apparently people who are complaining about it were saying this is about one-third of the game, honestly. And I was like, interesting. I know nothing about this mode. I haven't been keeping up with it. But people are like, it's actually, a, it's not 10%. Apparently the devs are saying, oh, it's just like 10%, 1% of the you know real content that's being coming out. But it's like, Apparently that mode's really good and people really enjoy that mode. <clears throat> and it's equivalent to about 30% of the actual release. So that's actually a good chunk of change right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... Uh, Some people were saying that they'd rather not play the game in its entirety than not have the mode. Like, instead of getting the game and playing like what's what they have and not having the mode, they'd rather just not play the game altogether. Yeah, it, like that means waiting. Like they would wait for the whole thing to come out and release. I'm like, dang, like people really like this mode. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know. I don't. But if I get it, I'm probably getting it. it on PC. I'm not gonna get it on PS4. Yeah, that's how I am. Because those graphics look amazing. Yeah, I want to. I want to play in that. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But uh, <clears throat> yeah. So that's the news from Last of Us State of or the State of Play that was centered around the Last of Us. Um, next story we have Oculus Connect 6 happened last week, which is Oculus's big, uh, basically their keynote of all the shit that they're doing. 
And I was pleasantly excited about a lot of these things that they talked about. So um, it was interesting. So I just watched a interview with uh, John Carmack on Joe Rogan's podcast. And it was kind of cool to hear him talk about like the future of VR and like all these things that people are like, oh, man, one day we'll be able to do this. And he's like, oh, no, we can do it now. It's just it's just we're going to blow up your computer if we did it. So we got to <laughs> wait till the technology catches up. Right, right. But uh, at this event, they said that there's some new games coming. They announced the next episode, Invader Immortal, which episode two just came out and is getting really, really good reviews. So I need to download and play these two episodes and try out what it's like fighting Darth Vader and wielding a lightsaber. Yeah, I think you fight him at some point, and it's pretty legit. Interesting. And uh, they announced uh, Respawn Entertainment is making Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, a VR Medal of Honor game story campaign that interesting you move around in this so i'm curious how they handle the movement hmm. if you're just holding a controller and moving it that way or wh- what that works like but visually it looks really really good and um i mean it it captures a lot of those moments from medal of honor that i've always enjoyed like you climb up ladders as you're having like freaking like people shooting down at you and stuff <laughs> like that but in virtual reality i'm like whoa <laughs> that's 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 something else. That's some next did. level shit right there. Right, right. Um, Facebook's gonna be doing Facebook Horizon for 2020. That's like Second Life, but in virtual reality. And apparently, they've figured out the technology to where when you are talking to one another, like it detects your actual voice motions and translates that to your avatar in the game, so you can see your mouth moving as you're talking to another person. So it's way more realistic. So that Black Mirror episode that was in season three, if anybody watched that. Is becoming more and more real, which is possibly <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> Great. Yes. And then uh, they have complete hand tracking now with no additional camera sensors or processors need it, needed. The built in cameras work together with the ex- existing inter- internals of the headset to offer full hand tracking. So even without things in your hand, they can detect your hand motions. Um, and it's just a software update. Which is also pretty cool. Interesting. So wow. they're pushing That's easy. heavily into Oculus Quest this year. Like right. Big, big pushes. So I think they're just gonna like get rid of the rift and just say it's Oculus Quest because <laughs> they revealed the Oculus Link feature, which lets you connect Oculus Quest to your PC over a simple USB C connection wow. with no specialized hardware. Once connected, it can pull the power of your gaming PC to add more power to your quest. So basically you have one uh. rig that can double up. As both things, which just a single USB C cable. Interesting. That's pretty wild. That so, is cool. Lots of cool stuff coming out of Oculus. I'm uh, <laughs> pretty excited. Pretty excited. So if you're an Oculus owner, get even more excited because <laughs> things are coming. If yeah. you own Valve Index, I'm sorry, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I don't know. I'm they haven't the released their dead. games for it yet. Oh gosh. They, they were like supposed to release like those special. Remember when we had that Left for Dead like tease or whatever that we thought was gonna be Left for Dead three. And then Valve was supposed to release several flagship titles this year for the well, VR headset. I know, but they haven't said anything about it. They've been dark about it for like That's very Valve. Months. It's very Valve. They have the Valve closed right now. They are. Yeah. They're waiting. They're waiting at the right time to open that up. Oh, yeah. Release the floodgates. Yep, yep, yep. Um, um, our favorite game is back in the news again. Dude, I know. This is pretty crazy. <coughs> like Apex Legends. Did y'all see the Apex Legends trailer? If not, you're probably watching it right now if you're watching this in video format. Because it's awesome. And the Apex Legends Season 3 Meltdown was announced. And with it, not only did we get a new character that we knew about named Crypto, 
He's this uh this this Asian guy that looks like a badass that can hack shit and do really cool things. Uh, not only do we get a new season with new weapons and skins, but we also get a brand new map. Oh yeah. I mean, how many oh, times have you been yeah. talking about? You've been like the thing that Apex needs to do right now is bring a new map. Yeah, and it's about are, freaking time. February, March, <coughs> April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Eight months later, we have a new map. And it's dropping literally the day you listen to this podcast. Oh, so, so excited. You listen to this so podcast excited. and then you go and you know, just have a good old time. Have a good Play old time. What's called World's Edge. So this is what I'm this is what I'm sad about is that I was actually like two areas away from completing the uh the season. Or like season two, two too long or like I was at like eighty, I guess. So I just needed twenty more levels and I would have got there. I'm like, fuck. Damn, dude. That's what was, you get for playing Wild Classic. Instead. I know. It took my life away. And then now I don't even want to go back to Apex because I feel like I suck and like there's no point in playing it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm a little burnt out with Battle Royales, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like that's something I was working on and I didn't get to complete it. Because it's this a pretty badass gun at the end. This is a better one. I know, I know. Yeah, this is this is legit. I'll, I'll come back to it. It's just gonna take a second. Like PUBG, I would come in and out. Quite a bit. You I know? hate PUBG. Yeah, that that can burn in hell. I know. For all I, I care know. about. But now. yeah, man, like this Done is awesome. Done. I'm gonna have to go back to this game. I don't know what's gonna happen. I might get sucked back into it. Well, so they they revealed first they did a uh, cinematic trailer that was really cool, and then they released a gameplay trailer where they showed more of the actual gameplay inside this world. And World's Edge is described as a place quote where molten heat and chemical ice collide. And keep in mind, this is uh, uh, all within ice and the. Fire. Yeah, this is all Dragons. within the Titanfall universe. So um, there's a lot of story bits that are still yet to be revealed about this. But this is um, there's a moving train inside this, which is a really cool addition that has loot inside of it. Yes, and you can just like ride up on the train and do all kinds of cool shit. And there's verticality everywhere, and like cool molten lava caves, and like just a ton of wild, wild stuff. And um, well, they have. I mean, that's going to be a point of contact. There's going to be another point of contact at the end of, I guess, end of this trailer. They showed that you know, if you get a key card, you can open up a room. And I'm going to assume there's going to be multiple rooms that have like high level loot. Yeah. See, I'm curious about I was wondering about that, too. I was going to bring that up because like what it. Yeah. You see, so I guess you find a key card and the first person there like gets access <coughs> to like high tier loot shit, I guess. I'm, I'm thinking so. Probably drop in. Well, I don't know if it's going to be like. It could be you drop in an area, it's going to be shitty loot, and then the people who come out alive get awesome loot. Or you find a key card somewhere, it's possibly on an animal. I forgot how they like showed it, like how they obtained it, but one of the guys obtained it, and then you know he's able to access his room. So yeah. maybe you have to find the key card and then go find, you know, go find a place to open it up. I wonder if they tag you on the map too, like, hey, this guy has one of the key cards, so it makes it more of like, okay, we got to kill him because we want that key card. That'd be kind of cool, right? Game of cat and mouse, right? Bring people closer together, exactly. Um, or it could be like um, battlefields, uh, battle royale, where you ha- you find a uh, a vault and it has like a you know a timer or like a dinger, thing yeah, buzzing or whatever, yeah. That so, could be that. I don't that'd know. Be cool. That would, that would be interesting. That would be a nice change of pace to it. Um, there's a water fountain that shoots people in the air. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like a really cool map. I'm excited to play this. And there was also somebody talking about how 
there's thoughts that maybe the the other map is going to not be playable in season two because of something like having destroyed it and they're repairing it. So then they open up this new area for people to compete in. But I don't think that's going to be true. I think it's going to be both of them and you just pick what you want to play. Yeah. But so many that people got somebody was mentioning. Yeah. So many people got used to the other map. So, yeah. So, um, I'm excited. I'm super hyped. I'm, I'm back on the train of apex legends. New get, character. Get it, Did we say back that? On the train <laughs> <of Apex Legends>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Funny joke. Yeah. New character. Yes. Yeah. We talked about crypto a little bit. We don't know anything about what he can do other than he's a hacker and he looks like a <laughs> badass. So there's that. Yep. And there's a charge rifle. That's going to be a new gun coming to the Titanfall universe. So there it is. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've talked about a lot of good things this week. Um, now on to some lesser good things, um, starting with Mario Kart or Nintendo specifically. Mario Kart's uh, tour came out last week. Uh, this is the new free to start, as they call it, uh, mobile game, um, iOS and Android. I downloaded it. I played it shortly. Wasn't really digging the controls because it's auto go. And then to turn, you can either turn on like left and right to steer, like we just swipe left and swipe right. But it's not like you swipe and hold to turn. It's like a swipe, swipe, swipe to like turn, turn, turn more. And then, or you can just have it where it just drifts around corners. And when you swipe, it's like hard to control because you just want to do like a slight turn to the left or the right. You can't do that in drift mode. It's just you drift or you don't. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't control the shit out of this thing. But what's worse about it is they have a subscription plan, a gold pass for this game. They haven't done this with any of their free-to-play games yet. But for a grand total of $4.99 a month, you can get higher-level rewards, including racers, cards, and rubies, for racing the in-game tours and access to the game's 200cc mode and the ability to earn badges for playing certain challenges. So they're adding a battle pass, basically, to a mobile game. As if it wasn't bad enough already that they put a bunch of loot boxes and things in here or yeah there's a lot of little mobile purchases and stuff like, right a typical mobile game yeah uh, so you I'm know kind of frustrated people are upset about mario run when you had the dlc and you had to pay well five bucks ten bucks for it ten dollars and it was like okay maybe we can get past that because you get some cool stuff well like you actually you're actually paying for levels and things like that so it's like all right we're upset, but we're not that upset. But it was a one-time fee, and then after right. that, it was like one and done, you know? Right, and they have more you know, content updates and stuff like that over time. But this is just like, well, I guarantee you this is for the Asian market because yeah. everybody is making mobile games for the Asian market, as we've seen with like Diablo Immortal. Like everyone's trying to tap into that, that community and make money off of them. And they love their mobile phones and mobile games. You know, that's just that culture. Um, yep. So them trying to bring it over here, I just, I don't know how successful they'll be. Obviously, people like Mario Kart, so it's very possible that, I mean, they'll make, you know, some profit. Might not be what they want, but I just, I don't know. I don't support this. Well, if you listen to the last section of this podcast, I talked about Apple Arcade, which is also four ninety nine a month, and it gives you access to hundreds of games. So you might as well throw your money at that instead yeah. of one Mario Kart game where you can just buy Mario Kart on the Switch and have a better experience overall. Right. I mean, they're just trying to, you know, reach yeah. the bottom line of money they're going to bring in. And yeah, here we go with more microtransaction bullshit. So, yeah, I'm just, just bummed that this is such a flop 
of a decision. Like they're bringing all these these Nintendo games to the mobile platform <clears throat> to get them out to the world more, but then they're just like just poorly designed. Yeah. Nintendo, you're better than that. Oh yeah, this costs more than your online subscription for the Switch. Yeah, and you're giving us all these NES games for free with it. And then you're going to charge me $5 a month? No way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not even going to download it. Like, you have Mario, you have a great Mario Kart experience on the Switch. And what's I, I feel worse, like you're pulling in more money that way. You have to buy a Switch. You have to buy potentially more peripherals. You have to buy the actual game, Mario Kart. And you're probably going to want to pick up their monthly or their yearly subscription. Yeah. That's a shit ton of money right there. And people are willing to pay for all that. And what's worse is... <clears throat> They're having Joy-Con Drift also now on the Switch Lite. <laughs> so maybe this is why you can just auto-drift yeah, right. on Mario Kart Tour and not have a Switch. But this is this is crazy because even after like 20 hours of use, the Joy-Con <clears throat> Joy-Cons are have or the controller sticks are having drift issues on the Switch Lite. But here's the issue. With the Switch Lite, you can't detach the Joy-Cons. They're tied to the console. <laughs> so if you got to fix it, you don't just send back your Joy-Cons and buy some new ones and strap them back on. you got to send back the whole entire console. God dang. And that sucks. And you could lose all your data if you don't have the online subscription to back up all your files. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's not good. Um, wow. So there are multiple people. The, the firm that brought the lawsuit... Um, lists 18 plaintiffs in 16 different states after a brief investigation this summer. And uh, it now alleges that, pulled from social media, YouTube, and Reddit, that the thumbsticks on the Switch Lite are drifting after 20 hours of play. So um, Nintendo's got bigger problems they need to worry about right now. Like fixing these controllers. That's why they're doing the Mario Kart subscription, because they need more money. (laughs) Possible. Possible. But I don't know. Switch is definitely... It's got to be selling a ton. But... And I still haven't had drift issues yet, but I don't use it for like very precise gaming games. Like I use it for platformers, and like I, I barely ever plug this thing into the TV, barely. So yeah, you okay over there, Austin? Yeah, I'm good. Sound like you're dying? Yeah, keep talking. All right, I just want to make sure you're okay. You know, not dying gonna die here. on me. Are you? Are you? Is it because of the class action lawsuit that you're like upset? Sorry, yeah. Like coughing away. I'm allergic to assholes. <laughs> gaming. Asshole companies. Like Fallout 76. (laughs) It's back. Here we go. Oh, man. So uh, if you guys are watching this in video format, you'll see in the back there is a power armor helmet that came from the Fallout 76 subscription or the big power armor edition or whatever. $200 and that's all we got. $200 and that's what we got. And then a game that I just uninstalled yesterday. Um, Yeah. But there is also another helmet that was made exclusively for GameStop that's like that helmet back there, but red and a little bit different looking. And that is the helmet that has been recalled for potential mode ex- mold exposure because there's this like fabric on the inside of it that I guess upon wearing it once or twice, like you get sweat in moisture. there. Yeah. And then. Which I don't know why you'd wear that because you can't see shit out of it. I know. So it's well, like, I mean, they're probably wearing it for um, either cosplay or just want to wear it. You know, go idea. to conventions. I know. Terrible yeah. idea. You can't hear. Can't you can see. barely see. Can't see anything. Yeah. Blind is bad. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. But yeah, but it's not for this one specifically. It's for the new Cola, a GameStop edition. Oh wait, hang on a minute. Thirty-two units out of the twenty thousand units manufactured were sold to c- consumers. That's it. Huh. Interesting. So it's not as many affected, but there was a scare out there for a while because of the fact that um, 
you hear power armor edition helmet is could cause mold and then you're like oh shit there's one in my house yeah i know is it moldy right and then because early on they didn't clarify yeah they were just like hey this one and then it's like oh it's a new cola one but they, they look exactly the same so it's like well why would they be made any differently from each other you know they could yep. just easily just just paint it differently but apparently these were made better or taking the proper precautions to make sure that doesn't happen i guess i don't know yep so but um yeah it, it sucks for fallout it's actually a, a it can be a really bad health hazard I mean, I go in the houses all the time that are, you know, pretty run down, and I'm sure they have mold in it more than that. Oh, totally. Just flying around in there, but I'm just, yeah. Especially if you have asthma and other things, allergic reactions. I mean, it could yeah, kill man. you. It could literally kill you. Oh, yeah. And you won't even know. Like, you're like, why am I dying right <laughs> now? I don't understand. And then you have that helmet looking you in the face, and Bethesda going, ha, 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 ha. Yep. <laughs> But that's going ha ha ha. Just kidding. But that doesn't want people to die that I know of. So you know who else goes ha ha. Two K games. Oh god, they do bad things. So, Austin, yeah. you want to tell us about the story? Oh, I got notes here because this is what I, we needed some notes for this one. Well, we'll preface with Submoto was a YouTuber who leaked, <clears throat> got information from somebody and discovered some things on his own that was in the public eye. So it's not like he went and did shady practices and got information from Borderlands 3, which he had covered for his whole YouTube career and loved Gearbox and Borderlands. And all of a sudden, after these leaks come out, he gets taken down or he gets contacted by 2K and he has reporters come or not reporters. He has uh, private investigators come to his house and try to show that wasn't aggression, but it's just kind of a show of force by 2K to be like, or take two. They're like, hey, we mean business, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he got his YouTube channel taken down because they copyright striked all of his content and he is no longer YouTubing. And I don't think he's going to come back. So you can hear that full story back on our episode number 232 on Shakedown Hawaii, Winds of Magic, and Borderlands 3 leaks from August 12th. Yeah. So now we're here. There's another YouTuber called Life of Rio, and he is a Red Dead Redemption fan, and he's also a modder. And, you know, there's a huge money scene for the PC community and, well, and just games in general, which is, I feel like it's a show of love and passion for certain games. And it actually keeps games alive, like Skyrim. That's why Skyrim has survived all the way up until now and has a Switch release for it, which is ridiculous. Um, before you know it, you can be able to play it on your fridge. You can play it on your iPhone, iWatch. It, it's just ridiculous how much that game survived. Anyway, so <clears throat> he has a channel called Gaming Damned, and he started the Damned Enhancement Project, which is a graph enhances graphics for Red Dead Redemption Two, I believe. At least that's what it looked like. Or is it? No, Red Dead Redemption, Redemption 1. 1. Yeah, yeah it was on so, emulators for like PS3 and shit like that. Yeah, 360 and PS3. And so some guy commented like, hey, be ready because Take-Two is going to come and take you down because uh, they don't like this shit. And you know what? They didn't like it. So what did they do? They came and they t- like tried to... They found information out about him that's not public, was able to contact him and told him, hey, you need to take this down. And if you make this... If you go public with it, we're we're gonna threatening to sue you, and and then eventually they started contacting his family and harassing his family, uh, emailing them, 
texting them, and it's like, what are y'all doing? All just all just to get this mod taken down. And I just don't understand AAA gaming anymore. Like here, here's another example of someone who loves your games, is willing to make content for you, make give you give you press, you know, and you go and try to destroy these people. This one hasn't escalated to that at this point, but you know they're trying they're going to take extreme measures. I'm sure pretty soon to get this guy to take his mod down. Just like what they did Samato. He had a good channel. I don't know. I forgot how many subs he had, but I would want to say it's over a hundred. It might even be more. It could be less. And he is no over longer thousand? A hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking that he uh you know, that's just how why are you why are you attacking fans? I just don't see how this saves you money. Because they're all of like they're they're, they're trying to be like you know, these are trade secrets. We don't want people to know about them because usually trade secrets mean someone can take them and use them for profit for their business, usually in the same field. But I don't see how any of this can be translated to, hey, I'm going to take your business practices and or trade secrets and use it to make lots of money. So here we are. They don't care about us. As a bottom line, these gaming companies don't care about us. Some do. Some probably know how to work around some of these things and actually do things the right way. Like they could have easily taken both these guys to the court and been like, hey, stop this. And you know what? We probably would have been bitching about that, too. But it would have been way better than them trying to you know, strong arm them in a very just I just think it's unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, I could see if they were trying to, and I can't see if they were trying to make money off of this, but I mean. <coughs> Not I, this specifically. I'm talking about more Sabato. No, I know. I'm just yeah. like looking just like generally. I mean, I, like them shutting him down in this project, I could see if he was trying to sell it. Right. That there'd be legal right. grounds for that. But I mean, maybe it's because, I mean, so when I read this, I thought it was enhancement project, like they're just enhancing the graphics, but it's like they're basically making it remaking it to release on PC, which is oh. a whole nother like intellectual property, basically. And so that's what they've been working on is he's trying to get together a group of people uh, to I see. remake. So the emulator would would yeah. be on the PC. Yeah. So it would bring it to where but you have to have a legit copy of PlayStation three to be able to run this. And then so he was gonna cr- recruit other people to bring them together would help remake and remaster the game to release on PC because it never came out on PC. Um, so then it's they take two came and shut them down. So I, I mean I under, I don't feel like they should do stuff like this. It's kind of like when people made that a uh, WoW, WoW remake before WoW Classic was ever a thing. Right, like that was a thing that people got behind because they're like we don't have it, so let's let's make it ourselves. You know. And it's not like they're, I mean, then, if anything, they're improving. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. They were completely remaking that in Unreal Engine 3. As far as I know, it got shut down. Probably. Yeah. I was like. But I mean, there is a lot of red tape here. I mean, because you're basically copying an intellectual property that has copyrights attached to it. So in a sense, you're not supposed to do that just from a legal standpoint. Yeah. 
So, but I think all the actions that were taken here, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely an issue. But they could, it's easily you get a cease and desist letter and be like, "Hey, we'll take you to court if you don't stop." Done. That's it. Why do you feel like you have to go and attack these people's lives and obviously ruin careers like Submato? Like yep. that's just way overboard. And now I'm even happier that I don't like Borderlands two or three. Like I'm happy that I decided to stop playing that game. Now that's just my opinion and how I feel about it. And if you enjoy the game, go ahead and, you know, play your heart out. Get all those guns and shoot all those people. But I'm still playing it. <clears throat> I know. I know. Having a grand old time. <clears throat> it just it just puts a sour taste in my mouth, man. It's just it's hard to enjoy things when I know other people are getting fucked. So it's just who who do you want to support? How do you want to support them? Type thing. But that's just my two cents. Yep. It is crazy. All right. So that is going to wrap up our news for this week, everybody. If you want to watch these in video format, you can head over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gamer and subscribe to get the videos as they launch. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our discussion topic. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Each week, we break down a hot topic in the video game industry. And today, we are going to talk about pre-orders, everybody. Are pre-orders worth it? Are they worth your time? The short answer is maybe. Where did this come from? <laughs> this is this was your idea. What, what incited this uh, this topic of conversation for you? Borderlands three. <laughs> oh my god! I know you told me not to bring it up, but you asked me, so there it is. Borderlands three. All right, so we're not going to talk about Borderlands three anymore. It is an example. Uh, so we're going to skip that game and just gla- glaze over and go into other games Ugh. to talk about. But I mean, it's okay, part of it. so briefly, okay, Borderlands 3. Yes. Why do you think pre orders are not worth it or are worth it based on Borderlands 3? I guess well, it's worth it for you because you love Borderlands 3. Well, I thought I was going to love Borderlands 3, but then all the glaring issues with the menu system and the lag, and just it's not in the state that it needs to be in, and that's become a trend, right? Quick side note. For, okay. You know, I thought it was really funny. What's up? Is they released a patch like what two weeks after the game came out and I installed the patch and I played the game and you know what they fixed? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. No, one of our friends we play with Jason, he's like, every time I log in or load up Borderlands, they said there's a patch. And then he goes to see and nothing's been changed or installed. It's like, what the fuck is happening here? Also, anyway. shout out because he's also a Patreon subscriber. So thank yes. you very much for subscribing Thanks, to our thank Patreon. You. Anyway, so yeah, it's just things like that. It's like, well, maybe if people would have waited, they would know they need to wait to buy this game. And it's like, I understand patches don't can't be just done overnight. They could. Some patches can be fixed overnight, you know, to fix certain things. You got to go through testing and all that stuff. You got to make <laughs> yeah. them semi-substantial and things so, of that nature. Borderlands 3 is at a point where I just cannot play it because the issues are just so frequent and happen about 50% of the game because it's all in the menus. Anyway... So, I'm thinking because this, people should not. I mean, I think it's already a. I think people know this. You shouldn't pre order games. You should wait till reviews come out. And we'll go into like kind of some of the practices companies have been using to review games to get those day one sales. But yeah. Yeah. So, typically back in the old days, you know, when uh, people, you would go to the store and buy games. 
as opposed to, you know, not going to the store and buying games. They would pick up a physical edition. <laughs> they'd stop in their local GameStop or wherever and be like, yo, I want to pre-order this game. And they're like, oh, cool. If you pre-order this game for $59.99, you're going to get all these incentives. And all you got to do is just drop $5. And then you can pre-order it. And then you'll get all these cool things inside of it. Yeah. So they incentivize you with in-game stuff for when the game comes out so that you drop that $5 to pre-order it, which helps these companies get an idea of sales before the game actually releases so they can kind of prepare for financials and all that crazy jazz. Right, right. But before um, all that, you pre-ordered a game because it actually had limited copies. Like Halo 2. I remember that was like the first game I pre-ordered. I had my dad pre-order it for me and I made him go pick it up because <laughs> I was at school. So yeah. I was like, I want to get my copy because they said that there's limited copies and if we don't get it, they could give it away to somebody. And I was like freaking out. They're like, you might have to be in you know, the second shipment that comes in like the next That's day true, yeah because before digital stuff like right yeah the only way you could get it was that way so exactly. everybody was buying physical right so you'd be like oh no and then gamestop was notorious for only carrying like 10 copies per store i felt like so, so it, it felt was like pretty pretty bad right how they handled all that unless you pre-ordered you got a guarantee but if you didn't pre-order it you walk in the door and be like hey do you guys got any call of duty and they're like no we're out unless you pre-ordered it but otherwise we're out which also that makes sense too, because if you pre-order, you're getting a guarantee of payment, so you can guarantee order those copies and know that they're going to somebody. Exactly. Whereas if you collect exactly. like a hundred thousand copies of inventory without any guarantee of purchase, then you have inventory that's not being sold. So speaking of that and GameStop, <laughs> one of the new guys that's on the Angry Joe show, yeah, he had pre-ordered a, a, a copy of uh, Breath of the Wild, and he's really excited. So he went to go see, or he went to go pick it up, and another guy was in there before him, and they were like, sorry, buddy, we don't have any more Breath of the Wild copies. So this guy apparently in front of the the, the other customer was like throwing this big fit, right? And they ended up, he, and the guy saw his copy of Breath of the Wild behind the counter with his name on it, and the employee got his copy, took off the sticky note, and gave it to the other customer. And then he walked up and was like, that was my copy of Breath of the Wild you just gave away. They're like, oh, well, I'm sorry. We don't have any more here. And I was like, are you fucking I've kidding been so me? Mad. Oh, man. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. But on to the next point. Side note. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to all of that. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> I illusion died. I, I was like, lost my train of thought. Sorry. But uh, yeah, so that, that was the case of pre-orders back in the day. Inventory, all that stuff. But now that things are digital... They're trying harder and harder to entice people to pre-order because um, there's no inventory to manage at that point other than like server load and whatnot. But it's a matter of them now. One of the incentives of pre-ordering a game is to preload said game so mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. whenever the game drops at you know 11 p.m. the night it's supposed to drop because at that point it's 12 o'clock Eastern time or whatever. Uh, you would have the game preloaded so you can just open it up and play it right immediately then and there and then stay up all night to play the game before everybody wakes up the next day and right. all that jazz. I will say GameStop does a great job of um, facilitating that nowadays. What do you mean? Because if you pre-order a game and you go to GameStop, they usually give it to you at 9 the night before so you're able to go home, put it in your console, and install it. And usually the install takes... It and does it not doesn't unlock... If you get it beforehand, it still doesn't unlock to play until that time, right? You know, I don't know because they've always have a day one uh, uh, patch, and usually it takes all the way up until twelve. So I, as far as I know, 
you can play it once it's fully installed and ready to go. I'm not positive about that. Yeah. So interesting. Yep. But um, yeah. So Austin, notoriously, do you feel like you've commonly been a pre-order kind of person? Yeah. No, I have. I have. Usually, if it's a game that I know I'm going to get, regardless of if I think I'll like it or not, you know, obviously opinions change as you play the game. I'll get it because usually you get some you know extra goodies, especially from GameStop. They always like tack, tack on some extra skins. And I mean, honestly, it's not like I don't have to get them, but to have them is nice. You know, it's just something extra. Yeah. Like for God of War, if you pre-ordered it, you got some really cool skins, right? Or some good gear. It wasn't skins. And um, it's just early game gear, but and you won't keep it that long. But just something nice to have. So every time I go back and play the game, and start over, I can use those skins yeah. to like get a extra boost in you know leveling yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess assuming you know it's going to be, but that's the hard part that I I do want to get into a little bit is you know back in the day you buy a game, it came out, you jump in and played it, and it was like pretty. It what it, it may have sucked, but it was a complete game. It was finished. It was good. It worked. All that right. stuff. Nowadays, we're getting games that release that because there's so much content and so much stuff thrown into them. And such what could possibly be tight release schedules, which is crazy if it's been like six years since they've been working on it. But there's like tighter release schedules with these games and a lot of shit that goes into them and a lot of stuff they have to bug test. We expect more sooner. And then, yeah, they're like in two years, you got to get like a six year game app. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's um, and then. Oh, yeah. They're just buggy. So when they drop, well, if you pre-order a game and the game comes out day one, one, you have to wait for day one patch, but two, it may take them like two months to fix that game because there's issues that they didn't encounter until they got it out in the wild completely. Right. So that kind of sucks because there is a lot of that component in there that's just like, well, I mean, it's, a, it's just the nature of games today. Games are not releasing, quote unquote, content complete like they used to be because I feel like a lot of it is due to scrunched up timelines and a lot of shit that has to be tested in. So I think that, uh, yeah, obviously times have changed. Technology makes things easier, but also makes things worse because you have the, you know, the limitations of creation is good and bad, right? Yeah. Like it was, it's great for games and the fact that you had to make sure your game was good because the length of time it would take to make a patch and get it to you was super long. So if your game was out there and it was buggy, well, you're fucked because that game is not making sales because no one wants to play it because it's buggy, right? And by the time you got a patch out there, which could be months later, it's just everyone's done playing your game. No one wants to play it, right? Yeah. Nowadays, it's so easy to patch. Every game has a day one patch. And it's like, okay, well, that's awesome. Other than, you know, depending on your internet speed, it might take you an extra day to download it all. Who knows, you know? What was the what was one of the games that had like a giant ass patch? Oh shit, what was that? It was um um I don't think it was God of War. Well Anthem had one. Yeah, Anthem had one. And then uh, most games have a pretty big patch, but there's one oh I think it was Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Had like a super like a multi gig patch. Yeah. And it was just like, what the heck? You know? Not only do you have to wait to install it, you have to wait for that the patch to get through and you know. For the most part, people are happy with with their games. Yeah, overall with patches, but yeah, 
That's true. Um, I want to talk about some of the pre-order incentives that come with some of these games because uh, I have three particular games pulled up right now that are coming out this year that haven't released yet and the pre-order incentives that come with them. Now, when I pre-order a game, you know, Austin said he pre-orders them because he knows he's going to get the game and then you get some little extra bonuses to it, um, which is cool. I don't really care about a lot of these bonuses just because they're, they can be disposable and, I mean, I guess it's cool, but I'm not into... I don't know. I've been playing Control for... I have like eight hours in Control and I haven't changed my character's skin yet. It's just the same stock skin, so I'm like, eh, I don't really need to do much of this. But I do like customizing, like in Borderlands. Like I like customizing that character quite a bit. I guess it depends on how much depth they go into the look of the character. But um, the only other incentive I have is like on Amazon, a lot of games that come out early, they'll email you if it's in your wish list or something that you're interested in they will tell you like, hey, if you pre-order this game, you'll get it for $51.99 instead of $59.99. So that's what happened with Control. And um, another game that I bought at, at, online that I forgot what it was. But I bought two games that were, I got like $8 off, which isn't a lot. But I mean, that's a that's, that's cheaper. A good, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, and then it also shipped to me on the day it came out. So I didn't have to go anywhere. Came home. It's on the doorstep. Go in there, play. Saved eight bucks, so yep. that was cool, that and nice. free shipping. Yeah. So, uh, but so for example, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. If you pre-order that game, you're going to get the game, an in-game tactical knife that's custom, prestige token for Black Ops Four, which is dumb. So you buy the game and pre-order it, you get a token for the last game that came out, um, a playable Captain Price character for Blackout and Black Ops Four. So more content for the old game. So now it's like, <laughs> oh, if you pre-order, your bonuses go towards a game that maybe you have already or you should buy because right. you get these things. Yeah, yeah. And then you get like some weapon pack that just makes your guns a little bit gold and stuff. Um, and that's basically the extent of it. Uh, they have an operator edition that gives you the all gillied up operator pack. And then um, the crew expendable operator pack, war pig operator pack, et cetera, et cetera. So... There's those things that come into play as well. So you're getting stuff, um, but nothing that's really exciting for me. Right. Death Stranding, on the other hand, um, you get gold items from pre-ordering. So gold sunglasses, gold armor plate, gold hat, and a gold speed skeleton um, in See, the game. None of that is like incentive for me to pre-order a game. Same. It's like... And I don't really don't pre-order games until maybe like a week out. Yeah, like I'll wait that long to pre-order if I want to pre-order. Yeah, because you kind of want to have some pre-release impressions, right? A little bit just to get an idea. Because that's the other the big thing about pre-ordering nowadays is you really want to. It's dangerous to pre-order a game well in advance because you never know. I mean, it's not dangerous. You can cancel pre-order if you want to, but it's like so many games are not what they seem they would be when they launch mm-hmm. that it's really hard to trust a pre-order. Right. Um, Because here's just a list of, like, releases that didn't go well. Uh, No Man's Sky, Andromeda, Fallout 76, Anthem, uh, Battlefront 2, and Destiny 1. So all those games, like, like, I know people were pumped. They're hyped. There's a lot of hype train behind most of these games, and people were excited for them. Battleborn. And then come to find out, they either... Didn't live up to expectations. They were buggy as hell, or they had really bad in-game 
I guess you can call it economy and stuff like that, like Battlefront 2, where it was pay to win early on with rattled with loot box incentives. Right. So it's like, well, people wouldn't have bought these if they knew this was going to be in there. And I feel like nowadays, these game companies are trying to temper our expectations, I guess is a good way of putting it, and the fact that like uh, Gearbox or Take Two sent out very limited uh, codes for uh, video game reviewers to review in order to provide the best reviews so people are more inclined to get these games. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that. Not everyone's going to get a review copy. Only a certain amount, select few that they feel like might be able to help push that that overall sell point of making a certain amount of money, especially early on. Because once I feel like once you they capture that initial market re- uh, release, those people will most likely be invested. And at that point, they really don't care anymore because they made that sell. What I'm kind of concerned about is Borderlands, not Borderlands, but just like games in, in general, are, or game companies are starting to sponsor YouTube content to give them early impressions of a game right. and put it out there. But because right. they're sponsored, it's not stated, I don't believe, like explicitly that you can't bash this game. But I feel like as oh, a, yeah. like if EA were to come to us tomorrow and say, hey, we want to give you this game early and do a video about it and we'll pay you to do it. I kind of lean towards being a little bit nice because they're paying us money to do it. Right. But well, EA does have a program for. Well, that's what I was getting. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. Like Jack Frags, that's what he does all the time now. Is he's always like when he's not posting Battlefield videos, he'll post like he did um, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and it was sponsored by Ubisoft. And then he did um, he did Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and it was sponsored by Activision. And so he has these videos, but he has to put he puts in the the, uh, the video when it loads up. This is sponsored by this publisher, right? So well, he's an influence now. Influence. Influencer. Influencer now. So. Yeah. But I'm like. Take it for what it is. What I'm concerned about, though, is that at that point, like at a as a news outlet, they're required by their ethos, basically, to speak truthfully about a game and rate it. Right. Both an influencer, you can just say, hey, we're going to pay you some money, make a video about it and just talk good about us, basically. And they may not necessarily do reviews because they don't do reviews and they're not a journalistic outlet. So they're able to do that, and they yeah. can just be like, "Hey, these influencers, go and right. review this game, but right. be nice to us, and then get influenced that way." I'm um, sure people go to one or a handful of places to get reviews or opinions and stuff like that. And the best advice is to like look, expand your horizons. Of if you're one of those people, you go into like one to two places, maybe three. Like look at a multitude of people because. There's people that I've found over time, and I just listen to them to see how they do reviews. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, they mentioned something different, and you know, here's an extensive review, and they really break it all down, and they're not afraid to get nitty gritty, like you know, uh, uh, Angry Joe, like he's willing to tear a video game apart if it calls for it. So having people like that is good because some of these people do fall into that trap of or to that marketing scheme of these big companies, and it's it. I mean, I understand you. You don't want to slap the hand that feeds you, you know, or bite the hand that feeds you. Um, At least not in a way that's going to make them yeah. stop paying you. I actually have a better answer for that. Okay. Um, I think that 
really the best thing to do if you want to know about games and how good they are is just listen to your gamer like you are now. There you go. And you're good. That's, yep. all, that's all you need. Let people know about us. We try to be as honest and truthful as possible. Yeah. And you know, I ain't afraid to shit on some games. Borderlands 3. Gearbox. Take I love two. Borderlands 3. I'll take two not so much. But yeah. I like Borderlands 3. <laughs> I might play it today. I know. You should. Potentially. If you like it. I will. I want to kill some bad guys. Anyway, and I, so. And I think the generate like, we've been trained recently. Well, I say we've been trained. Yes. I think all of us, especially the more the latest generation, I don't know what they call them, XY, Gen, whatever. Gen, Gen, Gen Z, Y. Gen Y, yeah. Like, I think. We're being conditioned to, because of technology, to want things now. You're not Gen Y, though. You're millennial. I know. I'm millennial. Just want to make sure you're aware of your... Yes, I understand. ...your yeah. being and... Yeah, right. I know. I know. You're the Don't one worry. That, you're the one that people want to hate on. I know. I know. Anyway, yeah, we're being conditioned to want things now, right now. So I feel like people... I mean, I, I get caught up in some stuff, too. It's like, well, I'm going to put down... like I spent 100 bucks on the Division 2. So I get it early. I got extra bonuses, and I had the season pass with it, right? I got all that stuff. Honestly, that wasn't a good choice. Thank God the game was actually pretty decent, and I got quite a bit of hours into it, and I had fun. I'm no longer playing it. I haven't played any of the DLC that's come out so far, so I've wasted my money in that aspect. Um, but Wait, I just I think what game was that? Division Two. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So me and Travis both bought it, and for a hundred. Actually, I think bro. Sarah got it too. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, all the DLC was free. Uh, oh no! You get you get to play it early. That's oh, what that's it was. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I know>. So <laughs> certain things like that, where you know you, you can kind of fall into that consumerist consumerism, basically. I mean, that's what video games are. It's just consumerism, capitalism. Yeah. So, in my opinion, I wouldn't pre-order a game. Just come to us first. I know it's kind of hard to not be one of the first people to jump into a game such as like Destiny Two. You kind of some of these games, you kind of got to be the first ones in, you know, to get past some of that grind and be on top if that is your goal, you know, like yeah. WoW Classic. If you didn't start from that point and grind as much as you can, you're going to get lost in the dust. Now, whether that matters to you or not, it just depends on who you are. Yeah. So, well, I think, too, a lot of the people that are listening to our podcast, I mean, we are the podcast for the casual gamers. Right. So they're, they're, I would assume, and, you know, send us a message if I'm incorrect about this, but I would assume that a lot of uh, our listeners are not jumping out to buy a game day one just because they're they're playing a few games at a time and right. they're playing those games until they're done with them because they don't have a lot of time. So That's true. That's true. They're being choosy about what they want to play, which I think is good and yep. healthy to do that. Good on you. Because uh, you you get a game. Like I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago that that's what that's what he does. He's uh he buys a game, he plays the hell out of it until he hundred percent hundred percents it and then uh, he moves on to the next game. So he doesn't move on until he finishes that one game. I wish I was like that. I respect that. Yeah, I know. I wish I was too because then I would actually get stuff finished. I know. I feel like I get about halfway, mostly three-fourths of the way through a game, and then I just like, boop. I've started Done. playing uh, Wolfenstein, The New Colossus, uh, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, Borderlands 3, Control, oh, Creature man. in the Well, and I haven't finished any of those. It's bad. That's not good. And that's oh, and Super Mario Odyssey. Oh. So these are all games that are from like the See, last I, two years. I've just I've just given up on some of these. Like I'm done. Yeah. Anyway, I, mean, I want to beat the new. So man, I watched the. Uh, this is completely off topic, but I watched the Old Blood cinematic like trailer video, not trailer video, but just like a video that somebody put all the trailer like the cutscenes together. The Old Blood, man, I was bored, real bored watching it. 
And I thought uh, that game was like I heard people love the old blood. This is the last you know right. expansion they brought out. Well, if you um, played it, it was fun because I, I, I went and played it, it before. But just watching the, the cutscenes, just watching through those, like uh, there yeah. it was like an hour of cutscenes or whatever. I was like, man, this is kind of not exciting. <laughs> just not very fun to watch. Well, after the new order came out, that's a lot better. Yeah, new classes. New classes. Sorry. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> I think I've fallen order for yeah, Jedi. Yeah, yeah Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yep. All right. Well. That is it. If you guys like to pre-order and are interested in sharing your thoughts on why you pre-order, I would love to hear it. I want to know, is it for the in-game incentives? Is it just because you don't want to have to deal with it on day one? Is it because you like to preload the game ahead of time? What are your reasoning? Or is it just habit? You know, that could be a thing too. Let us know in the comments. And uh, if you have any questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, you can visit theinnergamer.net and send us your feedback. You can also join our Discord channel in the show notes to chat with us there. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases and new free games of October, the month of October. Halloween. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. But first, it's October. And with that, that's bringing us new free games of the month on consoles. Oh, uh, yeah. For PS4, as we stated earlier, you're going to get The Last of Us Remastered for free this month. And you're also going to get MLB The Show 19 for free. So if you want to jump into some baseball or kill some zombies, you got options in both ways. There are zombies in The Last of Us, right? So yeah. that's what that game yeah. is. That's not... Yeah. It's not like... But they're like nature zombies. Nature zombies. All right. That sounds great. <laughs> um, additionally, on the Xbox, if you have a Games with Gold Pass subscription thing, you get Tempo, the Badass Elephant, and Friday the 13th, the game. If you want to play Friday the 13th on your Xbox, you can jump in and play that. And it's there, ready to go. Also, next month, we have... Next week, actually. We have three games coming out. On the 4th, as we talked about earlier, in the next week, in the next seven days. Okay. All right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Within the next week. Uh, On the 4th, we have PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Austin's favorite game, as we heard earlier. This is a game in which you are a military shooter, gamer, person, set in a diverse, hostile, and mysterious open world that you can play solo or in a four-player co-op. Injured without support and hunted down by ex-ghosts, you must fight to survive. Then also, on the 8th, we have what I almost forgot about, PSVR and PS4, Concrete Genie is coming out. So it is right around the corner. And Concrete Genie is a game in which you follow the heartwarming journey of a bullied teen named Ash who escapes his troubles by bringing his colorful imagination to life in his sketchbook while exploring the hometown of Denska, a once bright and bustling seaside town now polluted by darkness. Um, that is awesome. So what's I'm interesting about this game... so excited. <laughs> I am too. I didn't realize that apparently this game is weird and that half the game you're just like painting things around the world and doing graffiti and making them all beautiful and stuff and then halfway through the game it becomes a completely different game and you start fighting bad guys and it's like weird because you don't ever do that up until like a point and then it just completely goes into like using these tools and tactics you've been using before and you go into fighting bad guys Interesting, odd, but kind of cool that is cool I like it so that's coming on the 8th 
And then also on the 8th, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, we have Trine 4, The Nightmare Prince. This is the best-selling Trine series. Returns to the magic of 2.5D. Join three iconic heroes as they set off in a quest through fantastical fairy tale landscapes to save the world from the Nightmare Prince's shadows. So I am kind of excited about that because this is always a fun game. It's beautiful. And I uh, might want to pick it up, you know? Oh, yeah. It's there. It exists. It's fun. It's exciting. Go get it. And with that, that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. You can visit TheInnerGamer.net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please do this review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And I want to mention, do a quick shout out to our friends at Friend Info Board Game Cafe. They are having their grand opening this weekend, October 5th. So if you guys want to check out their board game cafe now located in Plano, Texas, you can hop on up there and they are opening up shop, which is pretty exciting. That, so, that's amazing. Yeah. Good, check that good out. Guys. Great place. Oh, yeah. And food. And food. And it's very good food. Yeah. I can attest to that because I had right. some. It's awesome. If you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at theinnergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast videos and events even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for that link. And as always, don't forget to share this podcast or any of our content with your friends, family, or just put it on social media. The more people we get looking at our uh, content, the faster we grow, and we appreciate all of your help. My name is Austin Morales. My name is Brayden Oski. And you've been listening to the Intergamer Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Podcast out. Three, two, and uh, uh, one. I'm not ready now. Oh, you aren't? Not anymore. Not with that attitude. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Three, two, and... Oh, wait, shit. Hang on. Let me one second. Oh, my goodness, Brett. Hey, uh, bitch. Oh, I'm a bitch. In case you were curious. <sighs> I'm only average sleeper. Shut, Shut up, Siri. Up, Siri. She's, she's responding to us. <laughs> <laughs> it said the last few words said shut up Siri and it went boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least she listens to that. All right. All right. Hello. Good morning, everybody. We are here with the Instagram podcast. All right. And we're live back at you from the studio from around the world where we make things happen and magical monkeys fly into our viewports. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about.